0: In this lesson, we're going to look at sexual offenses, specifically the offenses of rape and assault by penetration, two individual offenses that are covered by most LLB syllabuses. Now, in relation to rape and assault by penetration, there are a lot of similarities, so we will look at each individual offense in turn so that you can identify each of them distinctly. First of all, It's worthwhile noting before going forward with this lesson that most of the cases that you will come across in relation to sexual offenses would deal with either the presence or the absence of consent because it's worthwhile noting that as a conduct itself there is no prohibition or there's nothing unlawful that happens in relation to sexual activities. However, where there is no consent which is present there may be either a rape or an assault by penetration. Thus, having considered this notion and having this in mind, let's move on to our very first offense in relation to this topic, which is rape. Now, section one of the Sexual Offenses Act of 2003, a very notable piece of legislature that you must have a look at during the course of your study, defines rape, as where a person intentionally penetrates the vagina, anus or mouth of another person with his penis and that person, corresponding victim rather, does not consent to it. Now if we are to dissect this definition uh, to get a better or clearer understanding of the offense itself, we can consider the intentional penetration as both the arctus reus as well as the mens rea elements of the offense and it's notable that it must be either in relation to the vagina anus or mouth all three elements or all three orifices are considered and it must be by uh, the defendant's penis moreover the most important aspect of this is regardless of the intentional penetration if it was with consent there would be no rape in place Therefore, there must have not been any consent provided by the victim. Now this itself, the consent element is connected with both the arctus reus and the mens rea elements as well as I mentioned earlier in relation to the intentional penetration of the vagina, anus or the mouth. But specifically, if we consider the mens rea component of rape, it can be considered as both the intentional penetration as well as the lack of reasonable belief that the victim uh, was consenting. Now you might be wondering why I'm stating that it's the lack of reasonable belief. You'll understand a bit later on when we consider consent particularly. Have a look at the cases of R&R as well as Ismail. Both cases will illustrate clearly about the actus reus elements as well as the various components illustrated in Section 1 of the Sexual Offences Act of 2003. Now that we have identified how exactly a rape can be committed, we must look at the next offence, which is assault by penetration. Now, for all intents and purposes, this might equate quite a bit to rape. But if we are to take the definition as illustrated in section two of the Sexual Offences Act of 2003, it is the intentional penetration of the vagina or anus of another person with the penis or another object. And the victim does not consent and the penetration is also sexual in nature now it's worthwhile noting the very distinct differences here first of all contrary to rape the penetration must not be in relation to the mouth it must only be in relation to the vagina or the anus moreover it's not just a penis but even other objects are considered but what's worthwhile noting is that in relation to consent not only must there be consent by the victim in order for the for an offense to be vitiated but the act itself must not be sexual. So if there was no consent and the act itself was considered to be sexual in nature, then there might be an offense of assault by penetration. Note the distinct differences here as in relation to an examination situation, you might be posed with a question which pretty much walks on the line. For instance, there are overlaps between uh, where the penetration has to occur. For instance, in rape, it's either the vagina, anus, or the mouth, whereas in assault by penetration, it is merely the vagina or the anus. So there might be a situation where uh, it only relates to the mouth being penetrated in a sexual way by the penis, in which case it might be rape. But if it's by an other object and it's not sexual, there are questions that could arise. So it must be considered on a case-by-case basis. Have a look at... RNH, as well as Ismail and R&R, as mentioned earlier in relation to rape. Now, much like rape itself, um, assault by penetration also has the same rea components as rape, which is it must be intentional, as in the penetration must be intentional, and there must be a lack of reasonable belief that the victim was consenting. Now we have mentioned the notion of consent quite a bit. So let's move into the element of consent and how it applies to both these offenses and where the offenses themselves can be vitiated where consent is proven. Now there are two main ways of going about determining whether consent was in place. First of all, you can look at it in a very ostensible and direct manner where a person had agreed, where there was submission, uh, whether there was a lack of protest and whether there was some form of ostensible direct consent being provided by the alleged victim. Where there is no such visible direct evidence or visible direct consent which is being shown or showcased, we must go into legislation. Now, what I mean by legislation, of course, is the Sexual Offences Act of 2003. Specifically, sections 74, 75, and 76 to be considered in descending order. So, first of all, if we consider section 76, which are irrebuttable presumptions, which is where in the case of deception being played on the part of the defendant, where he has deceived the victim, as in the nature of the action itself, it might not be rebuttable. Also, where there has been impersonation. For instance, uh, where the victim was unaware that the act was being purported by a person that was impersonating another that the victim knew. That too is considered irrebuttable by way of Section 76 of the Sexual Offences Act of 2003. Section 75, on the other hand, states certain rebuttable evidential presumptions, which is, for instance, where there was a fear of immediate violence. Now, note earlier in relation to uh, simple non-fatal offences against a person, we discussed the reus elements of assault as being the immediate apprehension of unlawful violence. Draw a parallel with this as well, where it's considered as a rebuttable or rather evidential presumption that where there was a fear of immediate violence. Also, if there was a physical disability of the complainant or of the victim, To give consent, that also might be considered under section 75. Both of these, in fact, are ab initio considered as having no consent and that which has to be proven otherwise. On the other hand, there is a component of general consent which can be seen in section 74. Now I urge you to download and have a look at sections 76, 75 and 74, as well as sections 1 and 2 in relation to the offenses of rape and assault by penetration, available by way of the Sexual Offenses Act of 2003, downloadable through legislation.gov.uk or any other online forum. That was a quick overview of sexual offenses. In the next lesson, we will have a look at theft.